Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Australia, welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James, and you are John Pigeon. Now, John, we have just returned from Brisbane, the first leg of the tour. How'd you find it? It was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, it's just so great to get out and meet people who listen yeah. to the show. And that's what I was saying to someone, I can't remember who it was, um, but yeah, just being in the flesh again, it's just great to see. And, and I, I don't know about you, but I had goosebumps. Um, with those people that were in the room just talking about their experiences, how long they've been listening to the podcast, and you don't realise how much of an impact you're having out there. Yeah. Um, just individual stories uh, change their course of their whole finances by listening to not only our podcast, but podcasts in general. Thank you, everyone, for coming out. My voice is still scratchy. I was it getting is. over a well, You wear your heart infection. on your sleeve. Don't I wear my lung on my sleeve, everyone. <laughs> Now, we can't do this event without our national event partners. Open Trader. Open Trader is Australia's most competitive self-directed retail platform for professional traders and those who want to invest like a pro from only $5 per trade. Head to opentrader.com.au or we'll put a link in the show notes. A lot of you guys, you want to invest and you want to get into ETFs or some of you like to buy direct shares. What I love about Open Trader, and I set this up this morning because it's Saturday afternoon now. Mm. You can log in, set up a trial account at no cost, and they give you $50,000 of cash credit. Play money. And you can actually place trades and right. really get a feel for investing. Monopoly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, check out Open Trader. You'll hear more from them as we go over the uh, coming weeks and on tour. But yeah, thank you to Open Trader. Now, Bricklet. You're the property guy, John. Talk to us about Bricklet. Yeah, so it's a property investment game changer like no other. Uh, Makes it easy and straightforward to get into direct property at a fraction of the cost and you physically own a fraction of the property. So, yeah, it's... as we said, it is a game changer and it's it's almost like a disruptor, isn't it? It is because mm. people say, oh, is it like the competition? There is no competition no. because there's no one else like it. Yeah, that's right. Now, John, yeah. you talk about when you're talking about property, about strategy, mm. how can Bricklet in someone's property strategy be of benefit to them? Yeah, so everyone that knows me knows that I'm a bit of a property nerd and, and majority is property for me in my wealth creation strategy. So if you are a property person out there and you love it, but you might not have the de- larger deposits to put to- towards one of your own properties, you can get into it for, for a little sum of money, 20 grand, 25 grand. Yeah, it's never been seen before. And, and it's, it's handy because, you know, someone might have $50,000 and their income, you know, they might go back to school or whatever and can't get a loan, as you said. They might say, well, I want to buy some direct property. I might buy a bricklet in Sydney and I might buy a bricklet in Adelaide. So, you can go to bricklet.com.au for more information. Mm. Uh, But certainly, it is direct property. It's on your tax return and we'll be sharing more about bricklet. Let's let's play the recording from the other night. And uh, there are still tickets available for all the other shows in Australia. Yep. Um, At the current time, Melbourne's in a bit of a pickle, but... 
our Melbourne show is at the end of June, so I'm anticipating that will still go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for listening, everyone. Hello to Brisbane. Hi, guys. We are in Brisbane. <laughs> oh, John, it's great to get back out on that old country road. Oh, how good is it? Oh, Bris Vegas. Bris Vegas coming at you. Beautiful spot. Well, it's, uh, it's a wild crowd. So, so welcoming. Thank you, everyone, for being here tonight. The crowd in the auditorium here, they are half cut. The bar has been blown out by about $1,500. Yeah, double parked. We've got people, we've got students double parking, holding on to a second red wine for all dear life. Yeah. Uh, but we'd like to acknowledge the Turabal and Jagra peoples, traditional custodians of the land on which we stand and pay respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders peoples who are with us tonight. So to get straight into it, we're going to go to Henry and Henry's got a question. So if I can get you to read this, Henry. As people have been, who are very successful, what's your mindset like in your early teens and early 20s? Do you have a goal in place that you want to achieve by a certain age? Sweet. So thank you, Henry. And I wanted to say, John, firstly, can't remember if I showed you these questions. No. Secondly, um, I believe you're 18 years old. I believe you're the youngest here tonight. So wow, Henry. How, like, yeah. So yes, Henry. I reckon, like, what, like, because mindset is a big thing for a lot of people, and I honestly believe that for you in particular, because you are here tonight and you are 18 years old, you are already dialed in. And the fact, if you did nothing else but kept out of consumer debt kept investing in your future, whatever that looks like, spending less than you earn, investing the rest, you will have such a huge life ahead of you. Like, it's just going to be amazing. So in terms of mindset for me and John, John, what was your mindset in your early 20s? Yeah, my mindset was probably a result of what mum and dad taught me and that was just work hard and things will take care of themselves. Who, who got taught that? Work ethic, work hard, good luck happens. And to, to a point I agree with that but it's not when it's all getting spent out the other side like I did in my 20s. It, was, it wasn't a waste but I look back on it and I spoke to Amy, my wife, yesterday about how much I wasted my 20s and should have focused more on property investing. After the f success of the first property, I went and did some other stuff and travelled. And I don't regret that, but if my mindset was pure wealth creation, I, I could have maximised my 20s much better. But I suppose to swing back around, it, it work ethic is really important, but it's, it's actually doing the best you can with the, the income and the situation you've got. And the clarity call I had with Chris before in the line there waiting for the beer was <clears throat> about, he's like saying, well, I just want to get into the property market now. What can I do to speed that up? And I'm like, mate, it's, you're going to be in the property market in two years. Just, just chill out, right? By the time you get into the market, that property can, can do its thing for 30 years and you still won't even be retired. Imagine the wealth you can create just by that one property. So I think we put a lot 
of pressure on ourselves. And 18 years old, being in a, a room like this, like, mate, when I was 18, it was a nightclub. It wasn't something like this. <laughs> so hats off to you, but don't put too much pressure on yourself. Like, it'll work itself out uh, as long as you've got some, some goals and um, targets. Yeah, and for me, uh, in my 20s, I, because I left school when I was 16 and did an apprenticeship, and for me, I just never, school was not for me because I couldn't read something, understand it, regurgitate it under pressure and get a yes or no. Like, it's just, I'm not that type of guy. So I had, my parents said, you can only leave school if you've got an apprenticeship. And I got an apprenticeship at 16. And then I've shared in the past that, you know, I was interested in investing in shares and things like open trader and, uh, you know, micro investing. It just wasn't an option for me. Like I had to save up $2,000 to get my foot in the share door. So now you're living in the promised land. Like it's amazing in terms of investing. But for me personally, I really, and it's a personality thing. It's not for everybody, but for me, I knew from an early age when I was doing my apprenticeship, I was on the tools, I was installing, um, you know, I was in telecommunications cabinets, terminating cables and doing all this. I'm just like, I can't do this long term for a couple of reasons. Number one, there's a direct trade for my time and money and I can only cap out at eight hours a day or whatever. And then number two, the older I get, the less I want to be doing with my hands. So I really wanted to set up in terms of my mindset to move forward away from this trade of time and money. And everyone says, oh, my millennial money, you've done so well, Glenn. I mean, the amount of crap that I've spent my money on that no one knows about that have been flops, it's, you know, you hear all these people that have done stuff and they fail. Like, the first thing I tried, I, when I wanted to do apps, when apps were first coming out, I did this app called uh, Pet Love, all right? And... <laughs> You it hate an, pets. I love animals. You don't. You hate them. I don't. I, so it was a love calculator for your pets. And you put your pet's name in and your friend's pet's name and it calculates the probability of them falling in love. So now don't know why that pet, didn't take off. Pet love, and the Instagram was pet love official. Actually, someone see if pet love official is still on Insta. Can someone do that? First one wins something. <laughs> Pet love official. It might still be on Instagram. It is? Yeah. Where is it? It's... Oh, yes. So this was back in the day. I, before like Instagram really took off, Pet love official had like 10,000 followers. So I wasted money on this app developing and then that didn't work. And then I tried to do apps for kids and spent almost $20,000 and that didn't work. Then I started a money podcast called Sort Your Money Out and that didn't work. And by this time... So, so I'm actually the key. <laughs> no, there was a strategy change. <laughs> there was a clear strategy change. But I, I think mindset is just be intentional, have a target, have a goal and then practicalities, keep out of consumer debt and always have an eye on today, an eye on the future. The eye on the future is investing and doing things for the future you. The eye on today is, well, I've got to live life. I've got to um, enjoy money and also be generous along the way and all that stuff. Mm. So, yep. uh, Henry, thank you so much for coming on. Give him a round of applause, well everybody. Done, Henry. <clears throat> I'm going to go to Izzy now. Hi, Izzy. Can you please read your question? 
Um, what's a good investment rate? Should we be working towards a percentage of our wage? I love that question. So, John, as a percentage, how much of one's wage should be invested for the future? Oh, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I, I think as much as possible. <clears throat> and it's a cheap yeah. way out, but if you want to unpack that, we can. No, I just think your net amount, what, what comes into your life to physically spend after the tax man's taken their greedy amount, you've got to decide what makes you happy. Now, there's, there's living for now and there's preparing for future. If you want to dedicate a, a higher majority to the future, then that's up to you. But if that's not making you happy and you're just doing it because someone on a podcast told you to, then it, that's not the, the answer either. So I, I think it's what you're comfortable with. I, for my own life, and I will do this, so please hound me or probably hound Jess in the team because she'll probably be able to do it, and that's JP up there. Uh, thanks so much for organising all this. Give her a hand, everyone. In my mind, I developed a free tool to give listeners, and it's going to be called, and this is new for you, sorry. My team are like, you always spring stuff on us. I'm like, oh, it's been in my mind for seven months. It's going to be called My Money Constitution, and it's a template where you can have how you like to invest, what your percentages are, you know, your own investment strategy. And it came about, if you have a self-managed super fund, you've got to have an investment strategy. So it's a document that puts down that this is what we're going to invest in. So when I do the My Money Constitution, uh, it will have things like our target is to invest 5% for the very future, and maybe another 5% outside of super or something like that. But in your, in your My Money Constitution, it might have, I don't spend more than $200 without sleeping on it. It might be $50, it might be 1000 whatever your situation is. So it's a framework for your financial life. It's your money constitution. And My Money Constitution, I've got a target and my budget, it's the 80-10-10 which is 10% giving, 10% investing for the future, uh, and then the 80%, no more than 30% on rent or accommodation or mortgage repayments, and then that other uh, 50%, whatever you want. So I think this thing about how much, it's as much as possible, but make some guidelines for your situation. And I just want to finish on my point is... A lot of people do stuff because that's what they think they should be doing or what other people are doing and, and social media has been a beast for that is we get FOMO because we listen to stuff and read stuff and we can access all this information but at the same time we can get caught up in it all and we're doing something for the wrong reason. So you do you. Boo. <laughs> all right, Lauren, thanks for coming. Thank you. Uh, my question's a personal question to both of you, since this is very general advice, so I'm asking for your personal opinion. What was your first investment and why? You always like me to go first on these, oh, yeah. I can tell. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, Give okay. her a hand, everyone. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. That's, uh, that's a really good question. 
I grew up on a farm and to be able to save money was like always on the agenda but I didn't really do it that well. So I took it out of my hands and said to my older brother, um, what can I do with this money? He said, let's buy some sheep. Because he was a shearer at the time so I thought, okay, low overheads because he can shear them for me, it won't cost me and he can put them out in his paddock so it won't cost me anything to fatten them up. So he did the selection as well, so I outsourced everything that I knew nothing about other than the fact that I knew sheep, but I didn't really like them. So I bought them for $4 and sold them for 12 and got the wool off them. So that was my first investment. So I think we spent $2,000 and what's that, made six, maybe seven, seven grand out of it. So that was my first investment, yeah. Glenn? I, I kid you not. I wasn't kid you sheep. not. It wasn't sheep. <laughs> I wrote about my first investment in the book. <laughs> and I'm not going to say what it is because it's going to be one of my favourite things to talk about. How old were you then? 18. Uh, uh, I was 18 as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the premise of the book, when I started the chapter on investing, you know, because by the end of writing 80,000 words, you pretty much can't be bothered with life. But the investing in shares chapter, I started early on and I was enthusiastic and I did a summary of my first share investment and it was a disaster. And then I did a coroner's report and the coroner did an autopsy on the cause of death. So... <laughs> It's a lot of fun and there's so many lessons about single stock risk and all that and that's why I don't do single stock. So right. look so out for it. wasn't a good outcome. wasn't a great outcome. Uh, Anna, come on up, give her a hand. Thank you. Um, probably can answer my own question and just sell everything and buy sheep. But my question is, um, if generally, if someone hypothetically bought a property in Brisbane um, about five, six, almost years ago, um, and at the time it was to, to live in, and it wasn't necessarily. I mean, it, yes, looked at the finances, but it wasn't necessarily a investment play. But now life has changed. It's an investment property, and it's doing okay. But it's not. You know, it probably could be better. But given the the transaction costs of property and other financial options, when do you know it's time to sell out and? another strategy or what do you look at when it comes to mm. you've got a place it's doing okay but it's not what you're going to you don't live in it no. like long term what did you pay for it uh 330 okay so not so hypothetical <laughs> 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 just asking for a friend you're welcome everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah okay so right. that's that's a really good one and, and it's it's a common one too, Anna, isn't it? Uh, first thing I would say is what is your expectations for it? Um, I like to make money and I'm not going to live in it, so I'm trying to not – I've lived in it before, but yep. I don't want to have the emotional ties. I want it to just set me up. Yeah. Okay, but you've, some equity. you're asking your question because you think it's not performing to the level that you want it to. Well, I think it can probably do better, but I don't – But what know. is better? Have you heard that you can get better? Well, there are other investments. I think it's not, what I'm saying is it's not going up in capital growth. Yeah. It's in Brisbane, it's a unit. It's in a city-ish or close to the city, but, you know, the whole buying yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 
the area has gone up a little bit, but it is okay. quite positive. What do you think it's worth now? Or your um, friend? When I, uh, <laughs> my friend asked the agents and did some reports and it's yeah. mid to high 300s. Okay. And you've held it how long? Like the six years, but six it's years, positively right. geared. Okay. So I think with property, black and white, it's got to do one of two things or two things, preferably two. Cash flow and growth, capital growth. If it's not doing one of those, you've got to ask some serious questions. It's like an employee is a business, right? Get rid of them if it's not doing one of those two. If it's giving you one of those two, that's still a, a positive outcome, but you're saying, well, I could get more if it gave me both of those things, growth and cash flow, okay? So you're right, the transaction costs are getting out, is well, okay, I've got to pay an agent uh, and then how much I'm going to take from that, but then where am I going to put that money? So is an alternative to keep that property and then save your deposits for the next one or for some shares or whatever else you're going to do? Um, now, I'd have to look at the specifics to say, well, suburb, vacancy rates, performance, type of unit, etc. But yeah. So it depends. <laughs> Clarity call, yeah. got it. All right. Well, thanks, yeah. Anna, for being so brave. Thank I don't know you, if Anna. we got an outcome, but yeah. um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back and we're going to talk about consumer debt habits. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. All right, everyone, we are back. Matthew, (laughs) show me for you, isn't it? We cut that in. You love that. Where's, where's Matthew Aykroyd? Here he is. Had a few beers tonight, Matt? One or two. Love it. How do you go about changing consumer debt habits? Love it. When I see these questions like this, how best to change consumer debt habits, I literally, I just remove consumer debt and read it as how best to change habits. Because it doesn't matter what we're working on, It's changing a habit and they're bloody hard to change. Mm. And I would say for my 101 habit thing, read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, just get the basic concepts. When it comes to debt and consumer debt, I would honestly say the first thing you need to do with a habit, you can't sometimes give up a bad habit overnight. You, you might go, look, I'm smoking. All right, I'm just going to go one day and try and only have one smoke a day for five days or something. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But I think you need to start small and celebrate the wins. So I would maybe mark with your consumer debt. Make sure you've got a good spending plan in place, a cash flow system and all that. The first thing is don't even worry about trying to pay off the debt. Let's just stop going into debt to start with. And then maybe it's like, I'm going to go one day without taking my credit card. I'm going to go one day without trying to do this or one weekend. And then it might get to, I'm going to try and go one week without my credit card and still keep the card. I'm going to try and go for one week without Afterpay. I'm going to go for one week and slowly ratchet yourself up. 
when trying to get out of consumer debt and setting up a spending plan, I honestly don't care if you put your debt on minimum payments and forget paying any extra for the first two months. Just forget about it. We've got to focus on getting our spending under control first. Then you can pay the debts off. And someone might say, well, Glenn, you're not paying the debt down. You're getting charged more interest. That's not logical. Well, it's not logical to have the debt in the first place. So your way sucks. Try my way. (laughs) And that's why with money, it's all about behaviour. So if you are in consumer debt, you're having a little pint there, are you, John? (laughs) If you are trying to get out of bad debt habits, start small, have small, small, easy wins, focus on getting a money system, forget paying any extra off, try and go for a month, two months with a good money system and ratchet it up. Do you have any more comments on habits given you are the Ironman athlete? How, how could I add anything to that blurb? Um, yeah, look, I, I love habits. Like when I was 20 years ago, a real goal setter, I just used to write a goal and, and just try and go for it. But then I realised that when you get to that goal, there's a deflate on the other side of that goal. Like, it's like, shit, I've done that thing. Now what am I going to do? Now I've got to set another goal. And it's like, we're always chasing this goal that's sort of, yeah, just frustrates the life out of you because you don't want to be that motivated all the time. I don't know if that makes sense, but (laughs) I I told myself a different story. And and whether it's money or fitness or anything, I I think you've got to tell yourself a good story to begin with and, and then work on those habits and understand your personality. So... Uh, you, are, you, are you an impulse person, generally speaking? Like, do you, like this evening came up, for example, did you just go and buy it straight away? Did you go and buy a ticket or did you mull over it for a week? Like, who, who mulled over it? All right, next yeah. time, no mulling, you <laughs> buy that bloody ticket. Yeah, so understanding who you are is important too because you can read some books to follow some tricks and those tricks might not work for you if, if you've got a totally different personality. So it's, it's understanding who you are, tell yourself a good story, um, just, just have some achievable habits and achievable milestones. And you raised a good point about uh, rewarding yourself for the little wins and, and, uh, and, and get... Get ahead that way, that, but yeah, don't put too much pressure on yourself. And then also accountability. Don't do it alone. Find a friend who is either trying to save money or trying to get out of debt as well and do it together. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming out to Brisbane. Thanks for coming on tour with us, everyone. Yep, Give yourself a hand. Um, it's, it's been a wild time, John. It's been good. Uh, and it. honestly, I want to thank our uh, local uh, partners, Sky Wealth and Sufficient Funds, and also our national tour partners, uh, Bricklet and Open Trader. Thank you so much, guys. And please, by all means, yeah, give them a hand. Thank you, guys. Go and get some chocolates. If you legitimately want to know some information about what they do, how they can help and all that, just ask them. Um, they'll be more than happy to help. And we've got to, we're going over time. It's been great. If you are listening and you still want to come out to a live show, there are tickets available. Yes. Uh, next week, which will be, when you, if you're listening to this live, it will be Thursday night, we'll be in Canberra. Yes. And then we're flying over to Hobart the following week. Then 
COVID permitting and all that, we'll be yeah. going to Adelaide, then Perth, then back to Melbourne maybe. Um, and then we'll end it in Sydney. If you've already purchased your tickets to any of the capital cities uh, and an event gets postponed due to COVID, uh, we will just reschedule the event in your dreams. <laughs> no, joking. Uh, but thanks so much. If you want to, um, well, I would like to get a photo with a few more of you so we can put up on Facebook in front of the photo wall, see us at the end, we'll get some photos. And then if we can get out of here within like half hour, we're going to Messina's. <laughs> They close at 10.30. <laughs> Who's with me? We're yeah. doing it. Love it. Who's taking that day off tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Who's taking tomorrow off? <laughs> Who legitimate is has maybe had too much to drink that they can drive? They can't drive. Okay, so there's, there's been a... Oh, another one. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, so remember, on your seat... Actually, I'll just end the episode. So, thank you, Brisbane, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Is there a Kieran McCartan here? Yo, we've got a question for you. Don't get up, please. Um, that's your question, and if you can read this out. Okay, right. When buying your first investment property, which is a better first move to make? That is buying a freehold property in Brisbane, like, you know, a house package, get mortgaged up to the wazoo, uh, or buying a sort of a house and land package, you know, out in the sticks or just somewhere that you can afford it to capitalise on these first home builder grants. Oh, that's a tough no, that's great. Are you Kiwi? Yes. Out, All right. Out in the where, did you say? I was just like somewhere you can get... Uh, no, uh, sorry, out in the sucks, bro. Sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. St- uh, sticks. Put on my Australian voice. Um, it sounded cool. Can't that use awesome. my nose. I'm um, out in the sticks, mate. <laughs> That's yeah. better. Yeah. Nice. Nice, Kieran. Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah, it is. So you're talking like, I, I, I like to work in dollars, right? So if you, you're saying, right, there's a 600K house and land package somewhere, come up here, Kieran. Because I need to get context before. Hang on, I'll give him a microphone. Right, that was the Aussie one, I'll give you the Kiwi one. Okay. So, <laughs> is this working? Okay. 
Okay, so the context is I have zero interest in the property market apart yep. from making money. Yeah. I love my I no, I love my apartment lifestyle rooftop swimming pool. That's yep. all fantastic. Don't want to leave, but you know, want to join the Ponzi scheme that is the Australian property market. Yeah. And like, okay, I know about margin loans and leverage and stuff, and it does make sense to own property. Now, do margin I margin loan shares, by the way. Sorry? Don't associate yeah, margin yeah, yeah. loans with yeah, yeah. my stuff, yeah. all right? Okay. okay. We're, okay, the point we're is, much less uh, risky do, than that. <laughs> do I buy, do I just buy a 800 to 900, a million dollar property in Brisbane, shovel my savings, like keep on the upkeep? It will catapult, like, is that a good first move or yeah. is it better to just get a first, like, get the first homeowner grants, because you yeah. only got them once. Yes. Mm. And like, okay, so you can get reasonable land up in Sunshine Coast. Gold Coast is too expensive, but like... Okay, so you buy a $900,000 property somewhere around Brisbane. Um, you're not going to live in it. You want to stay in Newstead or wherever, do you? Yeah, Rent yeah 100% don't yeah. not want to okay. live in this thing. So first thing you've got is... I'm, I'm doing another clarity call here. The first thing <laughs> you've do, got to... Do a look, crocodile clarity call. Quick one. Snappy. Yeah. So nine, 900K, can I afford the repayments on that when yep. we take into account the rent? So you've got to understand the yield and the yep. cash flow, what it's doing. So if it's in an established area that you'd consider blue chip, like the performance is going to be pretty good, generally speaking, in a housing market versus somewhere where I can get myself 20 grand, no stamp duty for 500, 600 grand, I don't know, 700 grand. Um, you've got to, that, that may be a good investment, but don't do it for the, for the grants or the concessions because we've got to look at the supply and demand, how much is coming into that area in the next five or ten years, what are we building, uh, what, what's, what's the rents like, what are the vacancy rates. So there's a lot more indicators to take into account versus buying your 900k in town. Can yeah. I ask what you do for work? So I'm a sort of... Um, engineer sort of project manager right. for a mining company, but it's sort of oil and gas or mining. Yep. So it's... Okay, so your income isn't rubbish. No. Um, it's a ball in it. So... Um, <laughs> I, what, but in all seriousness, in these situations, if you're just about, I need to build wealth for the future, why don't you even chat with Alex, who's here tonight from Bricklet, and it could be, I'm just going to cash flow investments all around Australia to spread out that property investment. Well, like, if that was the best return, then 100%. Like, but this is the thing you can't... This is the thing you don't know. A yeah. higher return doesn't mean a better return because there could be more risks involved. And I'm glad you brought up my book that I'm writing that's coming out in October <laughs> because I actually... I've done a lot of charts in the book and we talk about... And there's this common theme through the book, right? And... I didn't know that it was there until I reflected on it, but there's this law in life when it comes to our insurances, when it comes to our investing, when it comes to our jobs, our career, our life. It's this risk-reward premium trade-off. Mm. So I, I don't think I want the highest return because it goes back to the same where I want the super fund with the cheapest fees because it might perform the worst. It's all relative, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I do like your picture of that house. That was a good thing with the little sort of uh, insurances at the bottom. Yep. I thought that was a good analogy, Yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah thank you. 
So, so are you comparing apples with apples? Are you saying 900k? Well, it's just like you only get a first home buyer grant and all those things once, Mm -hmm. right? And let's say, yeah, you buy a first home buyer grant for 500 grand or something. Mm. It doesn't suck up all your capital. You've got a second rent. You've got got the next property you're looking at. But are you going to buy another property given you don't like property? I will not let I will not let my personal preferences get in the way of a solid investment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on, we've got a live question. Right, Ash. All right. So, Southeast Queensland's growing exponentially, right? So, say you have somewhere, and I'm like Caboolture West, for example, which doesn't exist right now, but the state government has said to um, this particular area that they need, they need to put 88,000 homes um, by 2031. So, that's about 230,000 people. Do you think then that's when you buy your land and your house packages, um, like right now, with the grants, knowing that there's going to be an extra 200,000 people in the next 10 years and the supply and demand's going to be there? Yeah. Reading, reading between the lines when I mentioned him about just ha- any old house and land, it's, it's got to be more strategic than that. Um, how much land is there now? How much is coming on? 15 minutes from the beach. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, it might... The good thing about rent festing is you can buy anywhere because you, you're, you're staying in Newstead or wherever you are. Y- yuppie Newstead. Yeah. Everyone's got tiny dogs and overpriced coffee. <laughs> Great place, though. Yuppie Newstead. Yeah. So you can buy wherever you want. So it doesn't have to be Brisbane. That's, that's what I'd finish with. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think uh, you've had your time here, Kieran. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I don't know how to end that. I just want to say thanks for your question. Thank you, Kieran. And uh, food for thought. And I, I, th- I think it's a good... It's just so important that for your own situation, like in my property chapter in the book, have you proofed that yet? Oh, you what? I did this morning on the plane. I need it. No shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. What, what do you think? It. Yeah, it's all right. For, an a- <laughs> for a first timer. Yeah. Was it all right? <laughs> as long as you quote me in it, I'll give it to you. Yeah. yeah. But it was all right? Yeah. Um, and... I made the point in that chapter that people will make these bold statements like, I don't invest in shares. I can't put $5,000 in a share portfolio. It's too risky. It's too complex. But they'll blindly walk into a $550,000 property deal Mm. without doing the due diligence. And if you're spending that much bloody money, pay some money and get some quality help along the way. Mm. Can I get an amen? Um, (laughs) We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back and we're going to talk about consumer debt habits. All right, everyone, we are back. Matthew, (laughs) it's showbiz for you, isn't it? We cut that in. You love that. Where's where's Matthew Aykroyd? Here he is. Had a few beers tonight, Matt. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.